Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. It is time to discuss Formula One. We are going to recap the last race that was in France. Maybe the last time we go to Paul Ricard. But we won't spend too much time talking about that this week since it's all just rumors and whatnot now. But before we get going... Do want to give a shout out to our friends at Java House here in Indianapolis, the best cold brew I've personally had, and I drink, as probably a lot of you know, a ton of coffee. They have cold brew, they have cold brew concentrate, they have cold brew keg cups. You can buy it by the jug, so you can instead of having a, you can buy it by the, a giant box of it. There's all sorts of stuff you can buy. You can buy it online too. If you buy it online, use promo code pitlane10 for 10% off your order. Thank you to everybody who's already started using our promo code. There's been a bunch of orders over the last couple weeks already. And who knows, maybe soon we'll we'll do a recording from there or, or something like that. I know they've offered that, so that would be cool. It's time for trivia before we get going. Also, apologies for me screwing up the episode file last week. Well, it was really the folk, the, the software that we used that messed up and allowed uh, did not allow me to publish both Cody's trivia question from last week and Sarah's trivia question from last week. So this one is from Cody. Most race there's three that kind of stand out. Most races with a single constructor. Which drivers have the most races with a single constructor? Hmm. That's a good question. With a constructor, like a team or like an engine supplier? both okay uh hmm uh for most starts with a team let's guess that schumacher holds that with ferrari he is in second place with 181 starts Okay, so that's one of them at least. It's 96 Um, to 2006. Okay, I'm trying to think of who would have the most starts then. Is is it Lewis with Mercedes? Lewis is 190 with Mercedes. Can you tell me who's in third place? It is a a driver who is not racing in F1 this year, but has raced recently in F1. Hmm. Not racing in F1 this year. So that's got to be somebody like Kimmy with, I would assume that's with Ferrari. Yeah, 2007 to 2009 and 2014 to 2018, 152. So he's, yeah, he was 29 races off of Schumacher in second. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed you like mostly got that right, but yeah. What, what can you expect? So let's talk France. I think the more the the story of the weekend, yeah, boo, crappy racetrack. But the the story again of the weekend is Ferrari just continuing to screw up. It's just incredibly frustrating how they make mistakes week after week that just don't make any sense. So we'll kind of go through the race as it happened 
Leclerc was on pole, Verstappen was second. They had a really good battle going the first third of the race-ish before Leclerc made his mistake. The only thing really that happened the first third of the race, which I'm curious for your opinion on, is Ocon and Sonoda at the start. They uh, hit each other. Sonoda spun. Ocon got a five-second penalty. Didn't end up hurting him a ton because I think he still ended up finishing P8, I believe. Yeah, so he was eighth. You know, maybe he lost a spot or two, but but not terrible, all things considered. But was it a penalty to you? Um, I think it was a penalty, I guess, because okay, it, it seemed like there was enough room for them to continue going around that corner side by side. But I don't know. Then he sort of hit. Yuki, I don't know. Yuki's an aggressive driver, so it's hard to say. But I would have to rewatch it again. I think it's probably worth a penalty just because you spin someone. But yeah. I don't know. It, it, it didn't strike me as like the most obvious penalty by any means. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was, was obvious, but I do think that it goes relatively in line with kind of the FIA in the last couple weeks in terms of, okay, you know, there was, what was it, Russell got a penalty last week and, and somebody else got a, a penalty last week for, uh, you know, similar instances. So if they're going to call it consistent, fine. I'll, I'll yeah. live with it. Even if I don't love it, I can I can live with that. But, yeah, that's that's kind of all I've got on that one. So then kind of the the big... Shocking moment number one of the race was Leclerc making a mistake, ending his race. It Yes, I, I think you said it and others said it in line. Looks like he, sh- he could have been able to back out there. Then again, we don't know. Maybe there was damage we just couldn't see. Also, it sounded like if you, list, if you switch to the onboard view that he couldn't get the car into reverse. Maybe throttle was stuck or something like that. So... I'm not going to rush to judgment on if he could have gotten out or not, but what I thought was very interesting afterwards was listening to the radio where Leclerc kind of apologized to the team for making making his mistake and being very despondent, kind of the old I am stupid Charles Leclerc from Baku a couple years ago, and then people online going oh he, he needs a sports psychiatrist he's seeing what the team has hired has given him one so i think everybody just needs to like understand that athletes are human and go through emotions and he's got somebody there to, to help him out and it is what it is i don't think we need to like lambaste him for being frustrated although 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 the i'm not going to try to uh copy it the scream when he was the, the just the scream that he was that was that was a little much i'm actually going to disagree with the fact that people saying that they he needs a sports psychologist or like that he needs to work more with one because i like the fact that he's willing to throw himself under the bus and admit mistakes that's something we don't see a lot in formula one and something i think i don't know will probably serve you well right if you're just this kind of overconfident cocky like i can do no wrong blame the team blame other circumstances then you're never going to change your approach 
Whereas if you're but, Leclerc, then maybe you're going to an- analyze what you've been doing wrong, and maybe you can actually sort of sit back, think about it, and reflect on it, because you blame yourself. Fair. But at, at, at some point, this this behavior can't, and I'm not saying it necessarily is, but it can be self-destructive. Like, it, at, 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 at a certain point, like, it does more harm than good to just be overly, like, you can be critical of yourself and not have emotional outbursts. And I think that's where a sports psychiatrist can come in handy is to, okay, yes, I made a mistake. All right, let me go through my steps of like relaxing, diagnosing what I did wrong and moving on with, you know, moving on instead of having outbursts. Like, I don't think it's wrong to be critical of yourself. I just think at some point it's going to be too self-destructive. I think any driver throwing away basically a, a win, you know, an expected win there when they're in a championship fight would react the way that he did with screaming like that, just that frustration. So I don't really judge him for it at all. I think I'm not he's one of the judging most judging him for screaming. I just think he needs to keep using his his uh, sports psychiatrist. Jock Clear, who's yeah, helping him yeah, yeah, to yeah, work thank with you. Jock Villeneuve. Yeah. I forgot his name. Just just keep working with him to, you know, keep improving the the mental side of things you can be angry sure i'm not saying don't be angry to me i think he's one of probably the healthier um psychologically in the f1 paddock it seems like but we'll leave that mm, i don't for know about day. that yeah I, I would debate that one but i mean clearly he's one of the most talented he's just one of the strangest in terms of He's got 16 poles and five wins. And if you look at like everybody else that has 15 plus poles in F1, they convert a chunk of those to wins. So there, I think there's some inconsistency issues that he needs to work through, whether that's on the track or off the track. I can't say that one because I'm not there. I don't know. My point with just him being the most healthy psychologically is that I look at the people who are almost like sociopaths and can do no wrong and feel no emotion and are basically just machine drivers as not necessarily being very healthy human beings psychologically, even though they may be extremely talented athletes. Fair. Okay. So then we kind of go through a lull in the middle part of the race. Not too much happens until the Carlos signs. I don't know what are we going to call it. Debacle. He has a five second penalty I don't remember For unsafe what pit release. Right, right. Thank you. Uh, to be fair, I was watching this after running around a hundred degree Iowa racetrack the day before, so my brain was a little. I'm surprised you remember as much of the race as you do, just given what you were kind of yeah, busy I, while watching. I actually it. watched it laying in bed in my hotel room. Oh, like, I thought you would be at the track already. Okay, no, there was not. There was nothing going on in the morning, so we we took it. We took our time getting moving, but yeah, it was it was. It was definitely an unsafe pit release. Definitely, definitely not not the best move there. But they're trying to figure out: okay, do we serve the penalty and put new tires on, or do we just go to the end of the race? I and and then there is the question of the radio chatter where he is first off correcting his team on what the actual penalty is, <laughs> which is fantastic. At that point, you're already like, Jesus Christ, Ferrari, and then the whole. Box, 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 when Signs is trying to make a move on Russell. So 
you know, there's that whole debacle part two. So they say that that was played out of sequence. Is the it made yeah, it look the, worse than it was? Is what Ferrari's claiming? Right. The TV delay. You know, they're, they're claiming TV delay. I I don't know. I think this is Ferrari PR spin because even after signs like Ferrari strategy is fine, we're we're great when he was questioning them during the race. So what are your thoughts? And then I'll give my thoughts. I think that he probably could have just kept going and he only would have gained, I think one place. He probably would have finished fourth rather than fifth. Yeah. So it's not a ridiculous loss in terms of points or finishing position in this race. But it just goes to show you once again that Ferrari is like a circus act. They they're just <laughs> can't yep. get it together. They just can't seem to make a, de- a decision. They don't have the organizational, I don't know, power or just ability to be decisive and to ha- basically do what it takes to win <laughs> and win a championship. So it's kind of pathetic and embarrassing, and it just serves to, I don't know, almost reiterate the rumors about them and kind of the stereotype yeah i mean it did nothing but ignite the rumors to the 10th degree degree i don't know why you don't leave him out there he clearly had the pace like yeah i think he he was slicing through the field yeah i don't know if he would have held on part it was that race usually sucks and he made it interesting and I don't know if he would have held on to third. It would have been interesting to see if he was going to be able to gap Russell and get five seconds. So, at worst, then you're going, okay, he'll probably finish fourth, maybe fifth if his tires start to go off in the last six to seven laps. But he finishes sixth, if I'm not mistaken. No, he finished fifth, actually. Okay, he finished fifth. So, he's throwing away at least a position in points by pitting. And Ferrari has done nothing but throw away points this year. Leclerc... From the lead, has lost 75 points this year. Not necessarily all his fault. Like, this weekend was his fault. The others, I think, have mainly been Ferrari spontaneously combusting on the track. But signs, I just, I don't, I don't agree with their their decision there. And this is very close to being a, you know, earlier in the year we were like, oh, you know, maybe Ferrari can still come back. I have strong doubts now in Ferrari being able to come back just because there is so many un, uh, unreliable parts on that car. You know, Sainz had to take all new parts this weekend. Leclerc's probably not far behind. They can't make up their damn minds on the track on what they're doing. <laughs> so it's just, man, Mattia Bonotto needs to go. Like, I I am starting the the... You know, let's uh, let's let's send uh, let's send our boy Gunther to Ferrari. He he'd he'd get that shit in a line real quick. <laughs> so, just to put this in context, Ferrari is currently eighty-two points down in the constructors' championship from Red Bull, and only what is it forty-four points ahead of Mercedes. And then in the drivers' championship, Leclerc is sixty-three points back from Max after this race. So, yeah, these gaps are really beginning to extend themselves. And right. It, it's getting it's close hard to, to look at. It's it's getting close to the point of they're they're not going to be able to make this up unless Red Bull like completely 
fails and fails to finish like three or four races in a row or something like that and that's not going to happen max has won seven of the 12 races so far compared to charles's three so i mean there's that right there and how many times has charles been on pole i I think it's one two three four five six seven poles okay but he he hasn't converted almost any of those he only converted two of those to wins yeah that's not good yeah these stats are not looking good for them and i think there might look back on this moment or he will probably as the moment that the championship turned and it was probably like gone i agree okay before we get to driver of the day talk about predictions news and then stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the hammer down racing report your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene every week we recap racing action from all around northwest ohio and southeast michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to nascar plus get all the latest racing news Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller, along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammer Down Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews, and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform, or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Preview. Are we previewing Hungary? Is that this week? I don't know. Yes, I don't even know what it day is. it is anymore. Uh, let's give a shout out to our friends at Athletic Greens. The supplement that you can put in your drink that has 75 vitamins and nutritional supplements. It tastes good. It's endorsed by athletes like LeBron James. Uh, Following the latest science, they source every ingredient. Lewis takes it too. Lewis, thank you. I knew it was a race car driver. I couldn't remember which one it was. I've seen it with it. Yeah. For the highest possible quality, vitamins, minerals, whole whole food source nutrients, probiotics, and the word that I still don't exactly know what it is is an adaptogen. And there's actually – on, on on my list here of, of reading, give me a list of what an adaptogen is, and I can't even pronounce the word. Maybe I will post it for you lucky listeners to go check it out, but there are a ton of amazing taste tasty ingredients in here. You can mix it in with some water. I think Frenchie said he mixes it in with some orange juice for a little bit yeah. of a different flavor. So it is really good for you who are trying to get healthy, trying to get energized, trying to maybe not drink so much coffee or energy drinks. Definitely worth it. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging to get five free travel packs, a supply, a free supply of vitamin D, and get your subscription going. All right. So, obviously, we know how the race ended, so we don't need to kind of talk about that. Nothing really happened in the last couple laps. Red Bull extends their championship lead even more. 
but shout out to Mercedes for a double podium, their first one of the year. Both of those drivers were really good on Sunday. So, who is your driver of the day in France? I think the driver of the day for me might actually have to be Carlos Sainz. Damn you. He just looked so good out there. I mean, if he didn't have that penalty, I think he... I guess if he hadn't had the engine penalty, too, I think it looks like his with his new engine, he would have been competitive to win. Yeah. So it's too bad. All right. I'm going to I don't want to pick somebody at the top. We always do. So I'm going to be uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a hot take. Lance Stroll. He got a point. Yeah. He, he held off his teammate on a I don't really think it was all that questionable move there in the in the last corner to, to hold on. So it was a good drive. He started not near the front finishing the points that's pretty much all you can hope for from an aston martin this year and he he brought it home who was your disappointment of the weekend disappointment of the weekend has probably gonna have to be oh this is hard actually because there were a lot of drivers who didn't do valdry botas where has alfa romeo been yeah, I, I don't they've... know what's been going on they looked so for good. a while was q3 almost every weekend and now he's <laughs> yeah. nowhere yeah, we can start like roasting him again, maybe. Okay, that that is fun. I I do enjoy a good Botas. <laughs> I know roast. that's your favorite thing, right? Yeah, that's I I do miss I do miss having the ability to do that more often. I will take Charles Leclerc. You threw okay. you threw away a win. I don't it doesn't get any worse than that. Throwing away a win is is not good. Okay, we've got a little bit of news. French is going to lead that. Then we will touch briefly on hungry okay so the news items it's there's not that much going on because we're just kind of in between races we have races back to back but got a little bit of news about logan Sargent. um he's a williams jr driver who's just been doing really well and apparently according to yas capito the uh or yas capito i don't know how you say it properly yeah it doesn't matter the team principal at Williams, he says that Sargent's bid for that Williams F1 seat, you know, if he ends up winning the F2 title this year, would be a great headache to have. Because they've had those Piastri rumors. I mean, we've just got a whole bunch of people that actually might be vying for a Williams seat, which is rare, right? To think of how many people like new and upcoming talent would yeah. be almost fighting to be in a Williams car. It'd be really cool to see an American back in F1, too. Yes, long overdue. I keep saying Colton, but it could be Logan Sargent. Yeah, I'm. Who knows? Yeah, fair. I think that would be really cool. He's a hell of a kid. I. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. I've I've heard some some I've heard some glowing things about him from from his young career so far. So yeah, that'd be cool. Also, Rich Energy is back in the news. There is. Some My main. British superbike. I don't know that series because I have yet to get into two-wheel racing that much, but I need to do that. However, Rich Energy did something very similar they did to Haas and basically said by announcing on Twitter that they had ended their agreement with the British superbike team OMG, which I, <laughs> if that stands for Oh My God, that would be hilarious. I don't think it does. Yeah, I really doubt it. But then the OMG squad came back and said, basically, no, 
we're not sponsored by William Story or actually like Rich Energy. We're sponsored by the distribution company. And according to them, this sponsorship is still valid. So F you. But so Gunther Steiner has comments on this is what was the F1. It was interesting. I'll shut up. Go ahead. Gunther (laughs) said (laughs) when he saw this, it's like, here we go again. That's my only comment. Here we go again. I don't know how much money these guys got. But at least we got something in the end. But it was quite obvious what is happening. So was I surprised? No. And then he said if he had any advice for OMG Racing, he says, I have no advice on that. Yep, that that says it all without saying it all. Yeah, so our, our friends at uh, Rich Energy are just continuing to play games in the racing world but i'm sure that they posted that they'll be expanding their efforts into other realms and maybe purchasing a team in the future let's 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 hope that William. listen i haven't had a good battle with william story in probably over a year at this point so and and there are people who are like literally tagging me in everything william story says on twitter in the last still Two, no, like in the last two weeks, it's like started up again. Like, did oh. you see this? Did you see this? And like, thank you for tagging me. I hope it incites him a little bit. It has not yet. Maybe I need to pull out the old DM where he like agreed to an interview and then didn't show up and then claimed I I was the one who screwed up. So maybe I need to do that again just to like stoke the fire a little bit. I know that's very unprofessional, but I don't really I don't really care. <laughs> I think watching how they work they are not very professional so i think you can fight fire with fire here yeah yeah fair okay what's next all right so the last piece of news and you actually sent this to me earlier and it's not even really f1 related news but sergio perez is entering a team in the new electric powerboat racing series that's founded by alejandro agag the guy who established formula e and i think the series is called what e1 yeah, yeah, something the name's boring. The boats look epic. I've never even I, really watched powerboat racing, but I think I might check this out. Looks cooler than Extreme E for sure. Yeah, Extreme E is the concept is great. It turned out I to be so to, disappointing. I was hyped so, about it. So, you and I were so pumped last year when it before it came out, and it is the biggest letdown in all of motorsports like we knew e-scooter was going to be weird and it's awful we were we had such <laughs> high hope we, i'm saying that like mostly sarcastically because neither of us thought it was going to be anything i had high hopes for extreme e because the the pr push behind it beforehand was epic even the people like the, involved too like jensen button lewis hamilton yeah. nico rosberg ganassi like just every carlos Sainz. it's so many people the the video or the the zoom press conference they did to announce what the cars looked like who the drivers were and where they'd be racing like before last season started was one of the most highly produced like you know graphics and video like i mean they pulled out all the stops for it and then the racing started and like literally nobody cares anymore (laughs) (laughs) nobody so hopefully that doesn't happen with this powerboat racing series I think they might just be expanding into too many electric categories too quickly. Like Formula E is still growing, and I think it's becoming more popular. 
but I think the more you just keep throwing these new fledgling electric series at people, the less bandwidth we have to watch them all. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they're getting these tie-ins with, you know, big names in racing, and that matters, obviously, because it brings attention to it, but... right. I don't know how all these startups can survive in kind of what is a crowded marketplace for viewers. I agree there. All right, let's talk briefly. Hungary, F1, F2, F3 all weekend. I'll give you the times real quick. I have it up on my phone right now. Practice 1 is Friday at 8. Practice 2 is uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. Qualifying is Saturday at 9.30. I'm sorry. What is going on here? F1 there is... Why Why does the F1 TV app say there is pre-qualifying on Saturday morning? I'm not sure. I never use the F1 TV app anymore. I just go to the F1 app because that happens to me on the F1 TV app. It's like confusing times. It's not even the time that's confusing. It literally says pre-qualifying. You know, like pre-qualifying that we had in like the early 90s? Yeah, Which would be epic. Back. Yeah. We don't have we don't turn on enough people on the grid for it to matter. You know, you know what it you know what it probably is because it, the screen cut it off. It's probably pre qualifying show. I'm sure. Yeah, that's the broadcast schedule. That's disappointing. Okay, and then the race is Sunday at nine a.m. F two is the sprint race is at noon on Saturday. Okay, that's reasonable. And Sunday, nope, five a.m. Not watching that. <laughs> F three, all very unreasonable. So not watching either of those, but let's go Logan Sargent and let's go my F two favorite. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll go back to our, our predictions at after after this. And my F two pick for the we, we should pick F two and F three for the weekend. We won't do it this weekend because it's too late and they're probably running out of time, but that would be fun, like one name. Just like add it to the like you get like a bonus point if he finishes in the points i don't know we'll we'll make it up as we go along i wonder how many of our listeners follow f2 and f3 closely i follow f2 decently closely but not f3 i gotta admit that but maybe we should talk about a little bit more probably yes if you would like us to let us know and i'd be happy to there are some really good accounts like our friend craig willard who who covers all of that scout right because they are in Europe, so the times are a little bit more amenable to their viewing schedules, and then it's not at three o'clock in the morning. But all right, so we let's do our hungry predictions first, and then we will go back and recap our predictions from France. So we will stick with again one driver in the top ten and two outside of the top ten. So I'm going to go first. I am going to – where are we this weekend? Hungary. I'm, this might be against Time my for better zero judgment. passing. Yeah, no passing. So I'm going to go Leclerc. Okay. We'll see if that bites you. I don't know. It might. He may come back and just totally stomp everyone this weekend, or it may be just a hangover so my, from throwing away a win. My thinking is, okay, he hopefully is past what happened last week. You can't pass it hungry. The Ferrari aero package is very good. So on a course like Hungary, can he just hold on? That's yeah. literally all I'm going for. Okay, I will take Leclerc in the top 10. Who's your top 10? I'm going to say Lewis. 
because okay. I mean, if he can make it up towards the front, we saw what was it ninety seven that uh, Damon Hill almost put an arrows in yeah. victory lane. So I it, anything can happen in Hungary. All right, outside the top ten, my first pick will be Kevin Magnuson. He's getting the new Haas upgrade this weekend first, so I will go with Kevin. That is probably the best choice in the lower half of the field. I'm going to say that, you know what? Let's say Ricardo continues his streak of points and is a little resurgence, and he does well there. I will take Guan Yu Zhou. Or Zhou Guan Yu. I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. Now, to wrap things up for the episode. Wait, I need to pick my last person. Oh, my bad. I don't care about your last pick. <laughs> I'll pick Lance Stroll. Let's do it. All right, Lance. All right, well, with that being said, Hungary's this weekend. If you're listening to this and you don't watch IndyCar, IndyCar races on Saturday, so tune in because we said so. And everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 